You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. Amen. God is amazing. He is amazing. I want to share with you on what I call the God man. Somebody said the God man. Hallelujah. The God man. God's solution to humanity is the God man. Father, we thank you this morning. Glorify you. As we get into your word, I ask for revelation. I ask that you will speak to your people this morning. I ask, oh Father, even as you have been speaking expressly about the things you want to do through us in this house and even across this land, Lord, I thank you that your word will come with clarity with simplicity, oh Father, with power to transform in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory. Yes, so the God-man, the God-man, Jesus, you know, we're getting into, when the Christmas season already, and everybody will be celebrating the baby in the manger. <laughs> yeah, the baby in the manger. And whether you believe in Christmas or not, oh, there are different reasons people give. But I just want you to know that for me, it's not just... Celebrating the baby is celebrating God, the God-man. Amen? The God-man. And why do I call this the God-man? You see, man got himself into trouble (laughs) in the garden. When God made man, gave him so much dominion, gave him power, gave him rule. Over the entire creation. Gave him. In fact. Made him the God of this world. Alright. Adam was the God of this world. So in other words. God put him here to represent him on earth. And then man is supposed to replicate heaven on earth. Man is supposed to replicate heaven on earth. Starting from the garden. Starting from the garden. So it was supposed to start from the garden and continue to expand and expand until he covers the whole earth. Started as a couple. And God gave them just one word, one restriction. Out of the whole earth. He only gave him one restriction. 
one. <laughs> you can eat of every tree in the garden. But it says, of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the tree in the midst of the garden, you shall not eat it. For the day you eat from that tree, you shall surely die. You shall surely die from the day you eat from that tree. And man ate from that tree, as we know. But we know that when he ate from that tree, he didn't drop dead immediately. Okay? So when you read that in the Hebrew, it actually says, from the day you, the day you eat from that tree, dying you shall surely die. Dying, you shall surely die. So that is referring to two deaths. Okay? So there is, he says, the day you eat from it, you will surely die. So the first death happened on that day. Immediately, he ate it. When he died spiritually, that's when he realized he was naked. Are you following me? Yeah. So that was the impact of the first death, which is spiritual death, and that speaks of separation, separation between God and man. So immediately that separation happened, the glory that used to cover man was removed. Have you noticed that man is the only creation of God? That wears clothes. Yeah. Which other one? I mean that wears. Look at the animals. Have you seen? I know some people wear, dress their dogs. <laughs> that one is human thinking. But God clothed them. And their clothing, their clothing grows from within them. Do you understand? So, whether it's the hair that comes. But it grows from within and then covers them. Or whether it is the fish, the scales grow from within and covers them. Am I correct? So in the same way, man was covered, but his covering came from within. Which is the glory of God. Somebody say the glory. Yeah. So all along, they were covered by the glory. They didn't need clothes. They didn't. Now we're spending, now there's a whole industry, <laughs> a whole textile industry that is based upon the fall of man. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? There are many industries that came into being because of the fall of man. If man did not fall, there are certain professions that will not exist.
Did you, have you ever thought about that? Yeah. So, there are some professions that will not exist if man did not fall. For instance, there will be no doctors if man did not fall. Doc, <laughs> in heaven you have to look for another profession. <laughs> yeah. But, but, you know, it is out of God's mercy that God gave man the wisdom to, 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 to you know, the scientific understanding, the scientific knowledge to master the body of man and then now begin to administer treatment for, for the sick bodies of man. Ask yourself, how many uh, fish in the ocean have doctors? God knows how he looks after them. Yeah, the, the shark, the whales, and all of that. You know, it's the ones that are domesticated and they come, they're around us, hanging, walking on their forelegs or whatever. Those ones that are closer to us are the ones that get more sickly. Who knows? If it's the impact of our sin. The whole of creation was brought under bondage because of man. Alright? So certain professions would not have existed. They were, I, I don't think we would have had policemen. I, I don't think so. Why? There would be no crime. But because of sin, we have crime, so there is police. If the kingdom of God fully manifests here now, in this nation, there will be no crime. Because as it is in heaven, so shall it be on the earth. And that's God's, that's God's original intent for the earth. For it to be like heaven. So our sin caused it. So man, man sold out to slavery, and so humanity, we all became slaves. Now, if you study history, you know that a slave has no right. Do you know that? Yeah, a slave has no right. A slave, in fact, slaves don't deserve wages. So, you can be a hard-working slave or a lazy slave. It makes no difference. And there is, as a slave, there's no amount of hard work that will free you from slavery. Okay? So, as a slave, you belong to your master. Okay? Your wife and your children and everything you own belongs to your master. So your child is born into slavery. Are you following me? So the child that is born into slavery cannot free himself. He can't pay to free himself. Where will he get? First of all, 
<laughs> well, unless there is a price that is placed. But, you know, in certain, in certain cultures and so on, there is a price. If you want a slave to be free, you can pay a particular price and then free that person. All right? So, but now, man is faced with a serious dilemma because man has sinned. Now, if God is going to pay the price for man's freedom, God has to bring a perfect man to pay that price. Where on earth will he find a perfect man? It's just, it's just like saying to bring a slave, that ha- to free a slave, you have to, you have to bring someone that has never been a slave and is able to pay the full price. Because if that person is a slave, then it disqualifies the person from freeing another slave. So, Muhammad was a slave. Slave to sin. Okay, I'm not talking about... Buddha was a slave. Okay? Slave to sin. He was born into slavery to sin. So there's no amount of meditation that can now transfigure him into a free person. There's no amount of sacrifice or self-mutilation or whatever kind of religious practice that can free him from slavery. Because that's not enough to pay the price. It's like a slave working hard so that he can be free. He can't. He can work himself to death. That will still not free him. Okay? So, think about that. Krishna was born into slavery. So, because he was born into slavery, he belongs to his master. And who is the master? Satan. So, there's no amount of good works that can save him. It's like a slave being good and then expecting to be released from slavery because he was being good. (laughs) Is it possible? No, it doesn't happen. So historically, we have cases where people have gone and then paid a high price to free slaves. And it still happens in some places on the earth today. But the point is that if the person is within the, 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 the slave market, is part of the slave market, he cannot free himself. And he cannot free another slave. So he needs outside help. Are you following me? So all of us were born into slavery. David said, in sin did my mother conceive me. 
I was shaped in iniquity. So you don't need to do anything to become a sinner. You just need to be born by a woman. Or <laughs> by, not just by a woman, but by man and woman. Okay? You have to be born by a woman who was conceived by a man. Then that makes you a slave. So your ancestors, your ancestors are slaves. They were born into slavery. Unless, they, unless Jesus freed them. Everyone. So God's solution now is God cannot come as God and save man. So, otherwise, it would be unjust. Because the price is not God. Alright? Adam, that sold himself, he volunteered himself into slavery. He volunteered himself into slavery. And so, to free man, there has to be another man. Not God. So, that is a serious situation. So, God has to come up with a strategy. There's a scripture in the book of Job. Let's look at Job chapter 9. In Job chapter 9. Verse 2 says, Truly I know it is. It is so. But how can a man be righteous before God? How can a man, a sinful man, how can a slave to sin be righteous before God? How? If one wished to contend with him, he could not answer him one time out of a thousand. He could not. All right. So let's skip to verse 33. Or verse 32, he says, For he is not a man as I am, that I may answer him. And that we should go to court together. All right. Job is facing a situation here. Serious situation. Circumstances he can't explain. He doesn't understand. He's going through tragedy after tragedy. Catastrophe after catastrophe. And he, he doesn't know. He can't take God to court. Which court will he take God to? He cannot claim to be righteous before God. Okay? And look at verse 33. He says, Nor is there any mediator between us 
who may lay his hand on us both. So there is nobody, there is nobody on earth who can stand between God and I to mediate. Somebody who has the capacity to 100% represent God and 100% represent man. There's nobody. Buddha cannot do it. Your ancestors cannot do it. Are you following me? Yeah. Nobody can do it. And so he says there's no mediator. There's no mediator. There's no... uh, Let's see it in the Amplified. How does the Amplified put that verse? Verse 33. It says... There is no arbitrator between us who could lay his hand upon us both. Would that there were. There is no arbitrator. There is no arbitrator. Nobody can stand between us. Because God is totally detached from man. Because man has thrown into slavery. He has lost the glory. God cannot... Associate with sin. Man has become sin. God's righteousness cannot relate with sin. So that is a terrible situation. That's what Job is talking about. There's no mediator. There's no one who can help to bridge this relationship, this gap between man. So God, it has to be God who will come down. But God cannot come down as God to do it because God on his own is detached from sinful man. He cannot come to do it. And man cannot go to God. No, he cannot because he doesn't have the capacity to get to God. An angel cannot do it because an angel is disqualified. Why? Angels are not men. They are created beings, but they are not men. So an angel cannot die for you. An angel cannot lay his life for you. An angel cannot be a mediator. No angel can be a mediator. Listen to me. Holy Mary cannot do it. You know, to all my Catholic friends, apologies, but even Mary will be disappointed. If you expect her to be your mediator. Because she doesn't qualify. Why? She was born of a man and woman. So God decided. How are we going to solve this matter? We need to come up with the God man. Somebody say God man. So we need to come up with a person who is 100% God and 100% man. How do you explain that? 
Our minds are limited in our ability to comprehend this concept. Hmm? In, in theology, they call it hypostatic union. Okay? That is where God and man merge together in the person of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. He's the only man that could stand as 100% God to lay hand on the Father, touch the Father, and 100% man to touch humanity, and then bring us together. Hallelujah. In the cross. So when you look at the cross, it's like that. Vertical and horizontal. Vertical, he's connecting God to humanity. Horizontal, he's embracing the whole of the human race. So now you can come to the Father through me. Some people think we are bigoted when we say Jesus is the only way. Because they don't understand the hypostatic union. That's why they don't, they, that's why they think that we're being arrogant. They think we're being narrow-minded. That's why we say Jesus is the only way. They say, are you trying to tell me that Muslims won't go to heaven? Now, my question is, on what basis are they going to enter? On what basis? What about the Buddhists? Are you telling me? I mean, I know this holy monk. He spent his entire life on the mountain. He didn't, he didn't touch any scene. He didn't, he didn't interact with people he, until he died. Well, he's just a sinful monk. A slave monk. Who tried. To free himself from slavery by being a good slave. It won't work. So we all need Jesus. We all need the God man. Are you following me? Yeah. Everybody, people, people of different religions, you know that even people of different religions agree that Jesus came. In fact, they agree that Jesus was perfect. They agree that Jesus was a good man. He's a great teacher. They agree that Jesus was powerful. They agree to all of that. But guess what? They don't agree to his God-manship, if I may put it that way. <laughs> they don't agree to that. So the Muslim will tell you, yeah, Jesus was a prophet. He was a great prophet. In fact, Jesus healed, the Muslim will tell you, Jesus healed the sick. Muhammad never healed any sick person, but Jesus healed the sick. But they will tell you, he is not God in the flesh. So on the basis of that, they disqualify from salvation. Never you bring Jesus down to the level of ordinary man. Because he is a God-man, not just man. Hallelujah. So our faith 
has to be based upon this person that is a God-man. Man cannot save man. God can save man. But how did God do it? What method did he use to save man? He used the God-man as his method to save man. So when, Mary, when the angel came to Mary, when he came to Mary in, uh, in St. Luke's Gospel, when he came to Mary... The angel Gabriel himself was sent by God to Mary. He says in verse 26 of Luke chapter 1, says, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to the city of Galilee, named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come, having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled, saying, and uh, troubled at his saying, and consider what manner of greeting this was. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and call his name Jesus. Whew! Mary is wondering. Now, let me tell you something about spiritual communication. All right, when God is speaking to you, He doesn't only use words, okay? In other words, let's say, if Jesus were to appear to you and He was talking to you, all right, He can use His mouth to speak to you, but He speaks with more than His mouth. So, in other words, He can stand in front of you and speak without opening His mouth. Okay, yeah. So, so when he comes and he's speaking, and what you need to understand, in the realm of the Spirit, there is perfect communication. Somebody say perfect communication. Like on earth, when we communicate, we have many barriers. There are many barriers. I can say something and you mishear me. Or you misunderstand me. Okay. And then, you know, it could mean something else. You can, I can say something and you go and do the, to the totally opposite to what I said because you didn't really get me. But in the spirit, it doesn't happen like that. So, in other words, in the spirit, as Gabriel is talking to Mary, she's hearing exactly what he's saying, but she's understanding more than what he's saying. Okay? With his mouth. <laughs> so, that is why when you read this place, when he says to her, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. And, you know, Mary in verse 34 said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? 
Now, if you look at that, if you look at that carefully, you see that I say Mary had perfect understanding because what if, like in the case of Zechariah, you know, the angel said to Zechariah, your, your wife is going to conceive and she will give birth, right? And Zechariah knew that he would be involved in the process of conception. Do you understand? He knew. But in this case, Mary knew from the message that Gabriel gave that Joseph will not be involved. She knew at that moment. Because if you look at it on the surface, just naturally, you will conceive. Yeah, it could be, you know, after you get married to Joseph, you are going to conceive, you know, and this is who you are going to have. But that's not what the angel was saying. The angel was telling her that right now, you are going to conceive right now as I'm speaking to you. <laughs> Hallelujah. So that she, she understood it immediately. That's why she said, how can this be? Seeing that I know not a man. But if it were just a natural communication, it's like, okay, yeah, praise the Lord. Yes, definitely I will conceive. We're about, in fact, we're getting married in December, you know, and uh, after that I will conceive. So there's no big deal about that. But that was not what God was saying. And Mary got the message. So she says, how can this be? And then the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit, hallelujah. Somebody say the Holy Spirit. He says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is to be born will be called Son of God. Who? He will be called Son of God, not Son of Joseph. Hallelujah. So this child is going to be a God man. It's going to be a God man. So you are going to carry God in your womb. Wow. What a mystery. What a mystery. This is the one, you know, that you're going to carry. And then the next verse says, Now indeed Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her. In her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maid servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed. Hallelujah. Let it be unto me according to your word. Yeah, let it be unto us according to his word. Hallelujah. There is a word he has spoken to us as a church. Let it be unto us according to his word. Against all odds. Against all contradictions. Let it be unto us according to his word. In the fullness of time. Galatians says in the fullness of time. God sent forth his son. Born of a woman. 
in the fullness of time. So God prophesied it in Genesis 3.15, the seed of the woman. Seed of the woman. So God was trying to say, I am going to come through the woman. This woman that you deceived. And you used the woman to get into the earth. You used the woman to become the God of this world. He says, this same woman that you used, I am going to use to come in. Hallelujah. To come into the earth. Glory, glory, glory. I am going to come into the earth through the woman. Just like you came in through the woman. And stole Adam's crown. You came in through the woman to steal Adam's crown. I'm going to come in through the woman and take back that crown. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's the mystery of godliness. Amazing. And Satan didn't even understand what God was saying. He didn't know. He was just power drunk. Hallelujah. I got it from Adam. I got it from Adam. Yay. I got it from Adam. And I'm going to rule over the earth forever and ever. You stay in heaven and this is my own. My own kingdom. I'm going to rule over the human race. And they will be my subjects. And I will imprison them. I will take them all to hell. But he didn't know. The God man is coming. Hallelujah. Somebody said the God man was on his way. Yes. Right there. I love the Lord. The wisdom of God is too much. You can never outwit God. Doesn't matter. That old serpent, the devil, will continue to lose because the God man is now in me. Come on, somebody say the God man is in me. And because the God man is in you, you can also defeat the enemy. In every circumstance, in every situation, I tell you, this is a guarantee from your heavenly father. You're not trying to be victorious. You're already victorious by the God man. And many times, Jesus made certain statements. Jesus walked about the, 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 the dusty roads of of Jerusalem, uh, Judea, Samaria, all those places. He was walking as man. 100% man. God never gets hungry. There was a time Jesus got hungry. In fact, he went to the fig tree. He was hungry. He went to the fig tree looking for what to eat. And he did not, there was no fruit there. Have you ever seen a place where God says he's hungry? In fact, in Isaiah, he says, even if I'm hungry, I will not tell you. Yeah. God is, there's nowhere that says that God is hungry. God can never be hungry. So when Jesus was hungry, what part of him was hungry? Man. Hallelujah. 
So when you read the Gospels, when you read the Gospels, try to differentiate. Try to distinguish. When you see Jesus doing things, distinguish. Is this, is this the God part? Or is this the man part? Hallelujah. So when you listen to him even preach, when he speaks, there are statements he makes. Some statements he makes tell you that he's speaking as God in the flesh. And then there are some statements he makes that tell you that he is man. <laughs> Hallelujah. He's speaking as man, 100% man. The God man. What a mystery. What a mystery. Amazing. So through, by being the God man, by the virgin birth, by being conceived, as he was conceived by the Holy Spirit, number one, Jesus was not conceived in sin. That makes him qualified. Number two, number two, he was, he was not, um, he was not just conceived as, he was not just, he was not just God, alright? He didn't just come out as God, he came out as a God-man. So, the psalmist says that you have prepared, you pre a body you have prepared for me. So, while in eternity, he spoke with the Father, and the Father says, okay, you are going to go, you are going to go, on our behalf, to bring man back. And then, I'm going to prepare a body for you. I'll prepare a body in the womb of a virgin for you. So you will go into that body, and then you will be born like any human being. And you operate as God. Let me ask you, when he was an infant, was he God or was he man? He was still God and man. Yeah, he was still a God man. In the womb, he was a God man. From the womb, he was a God man. Hallelujah. He was a God man from the womb. That's why, if you remember, you know, John the Baptist, one of the things John the Baptist said about him is that he will baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He says, I baptize you with water, but there's one coming after me who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Now, if you look at the scripture, the scripture says that John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Spirit from his, from his mother's womb. When did that happen? When, that's right, somebody said it there. When, when Elizabeth went to visit Mary. Hallelujah. When he went to visit Mary, the Bible says that the baby in her womb leaped for joy. And Mary, uh, Elizabeth started prophesying. So, John the Baptist coming in contact with Jesus, he came in contact with God in the womb of Mary, the baptizer of the Holy, with the Holy Spirit. And immediately, the, the child received the Holy Spirit. Right in the womb. He starts from assaulting. 
Hallelujah. Some assaulting for joy right in the womb there. Why? Because he came in contact with the God man. Hallelujah. Amazing. Amazing. So when Jesus came, came out and said, when he, when he was a child, you know, I don't want to go into some of these scriptures because of time. But when I was a child, it was, the Bible says that he grew. Okay? He grew in, in stature. Now, what part of him grew in stature? Was it the God part or was it the man part? The man part, that's right. God does not grow. God doesn't grow. How can God grow? God doesn't grow. So, the part of him that grew, yes, <laughs> thank you. Luke 2, 52. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. So, God cannot have favor with God. Do you understand? But the man part of him is what is being referred to here in Luke 2.52. Yes, he increased in wisdom. God does not increase in wisdom. He is wisdom. He does not increase in wisdom. You see? Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. He increased in stature. He increased in favor with God and men. That's the God part. So sometimes when you see Jesus, but, and I've read some commentaries that say, you know, that, that talk about some of his miraculous acts. They say he's performing those miracles because he was God in the flesh. No, that is not why. That is not why he was able to perform miracles. It's not because he was God. He performed miracles because the Son of Man was anointed by the Holy Spirit. You cannot anoint God, but you can anoint man. Now, if he performed miracles as God in the flesh, then you are excluded from performing miracles because you are not God in the flesh. Can you see? So there are some theologies we need to correct. Yeah, we need to correct that. Jesus did not perform miracles because he was God in the flesh. He performed miracles because he was a man anointed by the Holy Spirit. And if he performed miracles as, because he was a man anointed by the Holy Spirit, guess what? I can perform miracles because I'm a man and I am anointed by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Acts 10.38 says, you know, um, um, how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good healing all those that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him what part of that it is the man part that was anointed and it's the anointing that enabled Jesus to perform miracles hallelujah so he's able to bring divinity and humanity together the perfect mediator hallelujah he stood there and appeased the justice of God and then was able to bring us together. 
Now we can perform signs, wonders, miracles because Jesus came. And because we have the Holy Spirit. And that's why he said, the works that I do shall ye do. Hallelujah. He that believes in me, the works that I do shall he do. And greater works than these. Why? He says, because I go to the Father. Is it because the God part is going to the Father? No. Because the man part of him is going to the Father. And he is going to the Father. And because he's going to the Father, the Holy Spirit is coming to us. And because the Holy Spirit is coming to us, we can do what he did. Hallelujah. We can do what he did. And we can even do greater. Why? Because he is by the Father. And he's saying, Oh, Father, remember what I did. He's saying, Father, if I did it, Munewa can do it. Hallelujah. If I did it, Fekile can do it. Hallelujah. He's saying, if I did it, Sani can do it. Caleb can do it because he believes in me. He believes not in my humanity only, but he believes in the God man. Many people believe only in the humanity of Jesus. That alone doesn't carry power. Some people believe only in his divinity. That excludes us. But when you bring them together, we can walk in his footsteps. Hallelujah. We can walk in his footsteps and we can do what he did. So when I celebrate Christmas, I'm celebrating the God-man. I'm not celebrating the manger. Hallelujah. I'm not celebrating the day. I don't care about the day. There is what has been made available to me because of the God-man. What an awesome privilege. What an awesome privilege because of the God-man. I can look at a dead person and say, Rise, come back. Because of the God-man who conquered death, I can say, death, take your hands off. Because of the God-man, I can look at the cripple and say, rise up and walk. Because of the God-man, I can look at the blind and say, open your eyes and see. Start reading this book. Hallelujah. Amen. Because of the God-man, I can look at the one that is mute and say, start speaking. I can command that mute spirit, go. Why? Because of the God-man that is in me. He's in me. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's in me. The God-man is in me. Hallelujah. So I can do what he did. Yes, that's the God-man. It's not about religion. Listen. It's okay to be narrow-minded concerning this. It's okay. It's okay to be ridiculed because of this. It's okay. They don't understand. They don't understand this mystery. It is okay. Embrace it. Allow it. It's okay. Don't be offended. Just know that they don't have the knowledge you have. Instead of being offended, pray for them that God will open their eyes so that they will see.
open, open their understanding. Amen. Glory to God. Let's stand up on our feet. We're going to break bread quickly now. Our time is gone. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the God-man. The God-man. So as we partake of this, this is a communion with the God-man. Hallelujah. You are declaring yourself one with the God-man. You know, on that day, on the Last Supper, right there in the upper room, he stood. I mean, he took the cup. He, he took the bread, rather. He took the bread. He broke it. Okay? And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. It is broken for you. The body was broken for you. It is broken for you. It is broken for you. I want you to personalize that. It's broken for you. And there's a reason why it was broken for you. So that you can be in union with the God-man. Hallelujah. And then the cup, he says, this is the cup. This cup is the is a, uh, is a cup of blessing. Alright? This is the blood of the new covenant. Hallelujah. It's now bringing, he has brought us together. Now we can walk and do the impossible. Now we can do the unimaginable. Now we can do the supernatural. Now we can do the extraordinary because of the God-man. So when we partake of this, we're doing it in faith. And we are saying, Lord, I believe in the God-man. I believe that Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. He's God in the flesh. Father, we thank you this morning. As we partake of these emblems that symbolized the body and blood of Jesus, I ask that veils will be removed. That our eyes be open to the possibilities that have been brought and made available to us through this union with the God-man. Thank you, Father give you praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's partake together in faith. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.